اوکے بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم اللہ صلی اللہ سیدنا محمد و علی سیدنا محمد و مبارک و سلم ناو آن آر ٹاپک اف دی ہیومینٹی اینڈ ہیومیلٹی اف دا انبیاء علیہم السلام اجمائن دی ریزن آئی کیم اپ ود دس ٹاپک بیکاز آئی بین ریفلیکٹنگ آن دس الاٹ دیٹ دا پروفیٹس علیہم السلام اجمائن آر ہیومن بینگس اینڈ وٹ ڈز دیٹ مین Right? And, and most people, they only use the concept that the prophets are human beings just to negate any notion that they're deities or to negate concepts of shirk. And that is all correct. But it also means if me and you want to understand what it means to be human, what is humanity? And you know, for many times, people who are searching in their life, you know, it's really two questions. It's three questions they're asking. I mean, one question they're asking, okay, who is God? Where is God? Or, you know, some are even asking the more fundamental basic question, that does God exist, right? So it means their first questioning, searching, soul-searching is about God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second is many times about themselves, right? That who am I and what am I? You know, or they look at themselves in the mirror and they don't, they think they're seeing a stranger, right? This sort of existential crisis, all right? Identity crisis. And there's a third thing people ask, but unfortunately people have stopped asking that. You know, they ask the third thing a bit less. And I think the third thing is also a very important way to understand actually the first two. What is humanity? What does it mean to be human? Right? And so if we were to try to understand that, so there are different ways to do this. Once I, I, I spoke about this, I don't know if that's up on the website. So one way to do this is to take all the verses in Qur'an al-Kareem where Allah Ta'ala has used the word human. So there's insan, nas, bani adam. So these are three ways that Allah Ta'ala has referred to. Humanity, people, right? The descendants of Adam alayhi salam. And if you gather all those verses together and you gather the hadith that have these words, and so we did that once in a couple of lectures. We couldn't gather everything, but we took a you know sampling of that. And we tried to build a concept of what I call the Quranic understanding of humanity. So this here, what I wanted to do is a second way, is a second way to understand what our deen, what Quran teaches us about what humanity is, is look at the Anbiya, because they're the emblems, the exemplars of humanity. They're the ultimate human beings, Right? They define what humanity is as its finest, at its best. And if you want to understand something, so you want to understand it at its richest, at its fullest, at its finest, at its best. So if we can understand who the Anbiya were, then we'll understand what humanity is. And maybe you can phrase that as well. We'll understand what humanity could be. And when you understand that, you'll understand who am I, Right? Uh, because ultimately, I, you know, people may be confused about many things or identity crisis, but they cannot deny that they're a human being. They can't deny their humanness. Uh, maybe they mean humanity sometimes used in a normative sense to denote, you know, be, being caring and soft. But they can't deny their humanness, even if maybe they've lost their humanity. Right? So, the Anbiya alayhim as-salam ajma'in are the ultimate models and exemplars of humanity. Now, if you look, start with this, The two most important anbiya in some sense for this project is first Nabi Adam salam and second Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So I'm going to spend a bit of time and I'm, not, I'm just going to start it tonight and then I'm going to now pick up on this topic tomorrow night inshallah about Nabi Adam salam. 
So first, I would just want to talk about his life, his biography a bit. I don't think I shall reach his du'as tonight. He's very interesting, very interesting because he's unique from all of the other anbiya. He's unique from all of humanity in many, many ways. So some of you may remember that there's a verse in Quran al-Kareem that Allah subhanahu wa says and, and teaches us uh, that we have to express our iman and belief in all of the anbiya, that we believe in all of them and we don't make any distinction between them. And what that means is that we, mo- we don't make any distinction in terms of we're equally certain about their prophethood. In other words, it's part of our iman, our aqidah, our necessary creedal belief that as certain as we are that Muhammad ibn Abdullah, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-Mustafa al-Mujtaba is a prophet, Nabi and Rasul, equally certain we are that Nabi Isa salam, Nabi Musa salam, Nabi Ibrahim salam, Nabi Nuh salam, Nabi Adam salam, etc. are prophets. That's what that means. All right? But obviously, in another sense, uh, we are from the Ummah, of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and beyond that, in a more absolute sense, our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu is Sayyid al-Anbiya, Imam al-Anbiya. He is the Prophet of the Prophets. All of the Prophets take him as their Prophet, right? And he is their Imam and their leader and their Sayyid. All right. Another thing, when we talk about generally about sort of the Quranic and Islamic understanding of Prophets and you know what you would call Prophetology is that apparently, outwardly, in terms of their life circumstances, there may be some prophets whom Allah subhanahu wa bestowed some particular blessing more, apparently outwardly, than he bestowed Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this is what in Arabic they call the juz'i, al-fadilatul juz'i. Uh, but all things considered holistically, Allah Ta'ala favored Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa more than any other prophet. So an example, a classic example that is given in the Islamic text is that of the Prophet Nabi Sulaiman salam. That not only did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make him a Nabi, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also made him a king, right? Uh, and in that sense, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was not a king. Now some ulama actually have a deeper understanding, and I sort of incline to that, is that if you look deeply, even into every fazilat juz'i, even in that sense, Sayyidina Rasulullah was afdal, is greater. In every minutiae, every particular aspect, and the total aspect. So for example, the way this would be understood, is that Sayyidina Rasulullah's life lived not in a kingly manner, but in a humble, simple manner, if any of you can remember or imagine his humble dwelling and abode, right? And living and sitting and eating amongst the poor Sahaba, Sahaba Sufa, and being a commoner along with the commoners, if you look in that sense, commoner in terms of the king commoner, right? Is actually a greater, is, is his greatness, is his fazilat over being a king, all right? Khair, now, Nabi, Nabi Adam alayhi salam, so Nabi Adam salam is very interesting. He is the only human being and only prophet never to have gone through a physical period of childhood. In other words, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fashioned him and created him, and when Allah ta'ala, you know when it says in the Quran that he was made out of teen, it doesn't mean that the prophet Adam was made out of 
mud and clay literally, it means that Allah subhanahu wa made Nabi Adam Islam out of the elements that are for, found in earth. So like in chemistry you do the periodic table of elements. So Nabi Adam Islam was made out of calcium and etc. and all these things. So he was fashioned out of the elements of nature, organic elements, right? And they're all to be found in the soil and the earth. And that is why a human being, uh, unless they have the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are biodegradable. We will naturally decompose when we return to the earth. That's what it means. All right? But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fashioned and created Nabi Adam alayhi salam in the first instance, He didn't fashion him as a baby. And that baby Adam alayhi salam then grew up and then became 20 years old. And then the angels were gathered. And then, again, all of you I'm sure are familiar with this with the Quranic narrative. No. Nabi Adam was never physically a baby. Every other human being began physically as a baby. Nabi Adam was never a toddler, was never an infant, never a toddler, never, you know, a child. He was created as an adult, physically. All right? So that is a unique thing. Second, uh, his tarbiyah and ta'lim was done by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And where? What was his nursery? What was his kindergarten? What was his home? It was Jannah. Allahu Akbar Kabira. I mean, talk about being ra- born and raised in a noble environment, right? He was born and raised, he was born, created in Jannah. He wasn't born from any parents, but he was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Jannah. He spent the beginning years of his life in Jannah, right? And all of his tarbiyah was done by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's when you understand this, then, then you will really understand his dua, right? Uh, you have to understand him and his life and understand his dua. So let me now go back and because uh, the first part did come in Surah Baqarah. So if now you go to Surah Baqarah, and so what I'm going to do is actually again before turning to the actual dua of Nabi Adam al-Islam, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go back and discuss his story. Alright, so the first time in terms of this compiled sequence of Qur'an al-Kareem uh, that Sayyidina Adam appears in Qur'an is in Surah Baqarah. Mention of Sayyidina Adam appears in Qur'an in Surah Baqarah, Surah number 2, verse number 30. Alright, and this is when the story comes, begins. وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَائِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفًا And when your Rabb, right, and here... Uh, now, in the first instance, when you have this ka, which is the singular, uh, you know, second person addressee pronoun, you, in the first instance, it's the Prophet So, and remember when, or recall when, or learn about when, your, yani you, Prophet your Rabb, it can also feel, however, when you read it, that Allah Ta'ala is addressing you, Right? Uh, and remember the time when your Rub, so if I was reading it, your Rub Kamal Din said, Lil Malaika to all of the angels, Inni Ja'ilun fil Ardi Khalifa, that indeed I am about to place a Khalifa on Ard on earth. Alright? Now, right here we learn a couple of things. Uh, well, let me just continue, let me just finish the, the, this verse and then I'll explain. Qalu, so the angels replied, Oh Allah, are you going to place therein, on earth, man, such a person, such a being, 
who will do fasad, who will do ifsad rather, who will spread corruption in it, and he will shed blood. And we, we angels, and we, we do your tasbih, we glorify you with your praises. And we sanctify you, we do taqdis of you, right? We proclaim your, sanct- your, your sublime holiness and sacredness. Allah SWT replied to them, That indeed I, Allah SWT, know what none of you know. Alright. Now, at this moment, so, the, so now the question that arises, so I'm going to actually uh, engage in a bit of a stylistics here today that maybe... Uh, you know, some of you, if not done, I'm going to actually, you know, raise some questions and try to provide some answers, right? And, and you have to really search for these things in the through literature. But I can tell you, honestly, up till now in my life, I've never had a question about Quran that just arose in my heart or mind that I did not find not just one, but many answers for that in the Quran al-Kareem. So one of the questions I used to have was that, was Adam salam already there and standing? And did he hear this? Because if he was standing there and he heard this, then he would know that his destination is earth. The first thing he would know is that Allah SWT has created him in order to place him on earth. And then if you accept that, then that's going to help us understand later. And again, all of this is the precursor to the dua he's going to make. I'll just tell you the Rabbana, the Lamna, and Fusana dua, right? Which is what we're going to talk about. But I'm not just going to teach you the dua so you can memorize them and recite them. I want to really understand the whole history behind Adam Laysam and how he then felt when he said that dua. So if he was, you know, conscious and awake in hearing this sentence that Allah Ta'ala is addressing to the angels that I'm going to place on the Ard, my Khalifa, that means Adam Laysam knew from the outset that Allah Ta'ala actually created him in order to put him on earth. But then Allah Ta'ala kept him for a long time in Jannah and Allah Ta'ala gave him a spouse also, and we're going to talk about that as well. And this is why, because Adam Lissam wanted to stay in Jannah and be near to Allah Subhanahu that he tried to eat from that tree, even though long, long time ago, Allah Ta'ala told him not to. So it wasn't a quote-unquote sin. And Islam doesn't believe in the concept of original sin, right? And the doctrine of the fallen man. It was actually a pure, noble, virtuous, beautiful, sincere desire to remain in the presence and nearness of Allah Subhanahu in Jannah as opposed to go to earth. And now, let's bring in the concept of human. That's what it means to be human. So let me, let me give an example. Any human being would have felt like that. Any human being who is in Jannah would not want to leave Jannah and come down to planet earth, even if they've never seen it. Right? Okay. But but it's not it's not clear from Quran. Was Adam salam did he hear this? Or did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell this to the angels and then bring Adam salam out? It's not hundred percent clear. Another thing that comes up here is it's clear that the angels already know about Al Art. And they know it's some place, earth, where facade could be spread, where blood could be spilt. So clearly the earth was created before, right? Uh, and some of the uh, ulama of tafsir, uh, because, you know, Iblis is going to be here in this assembly. He's from the jinn. Some of them think that the jinnat were on earth, right? 
And when you look at science, it, it, <laughs> that's interesting because if you what, what modern science and we don't really know if this is hundred percent true. I mean, it probably is true, but there may be much more truth than science knows yet. But the scientist's understanding of Earth is that the very origin of life on Earth were these extremely bloodletting creatures known as dinosaurs. So it means that the original planet Earth was already a pretty deadly place with dinosaurs and predators and all of that stuff you can understand, right? And here's this nice human being, Adam Laysan, being created, and the angels are looking at him. And if the angels know about Earth, they know about dinosaurs, and why are they worried about this human being? This human being is going to spread blood on Earth. So it shows the angels did have some understanding, right? Because then the dinosaurs never did World War I or World War II on each other, right? So they seem to understand something. So it also does show, although later, obviously the pastors are going to say that the angels are going to accept that they don't know, and only Allah Ta'ala knows. But the angels do have, they are Arifin, they understand a lot. At first glance, they realized. Now they're not talking about Adam Alayhi himself, but they're also talking about humanity. So it means this is also an aspect of humanity. That humanity has this ability to do facade, to spread corruption. Humanity has this ability to shed and spill blood. Hmm? And that's why that dua is all the more important. You see, somebody who's capable of doing a wrong is going to be, and, and they realize that about themselves, they're going to be more watchful over that capability. They're going to be more worried lest that capability manifest itself. And then if that somebody believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they're going to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they're going to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, you don't ever let this capability in me come out. You don't ever let this temptation in me be, you know, let me ever act upon it. Right? So it's only if the human being has that capacity. And so the angels could never make a dua like any of the prophets ever made because the angels are human. The angels could never make those du'as because they don't have that humanity. And therefore, they don't have that particular kind of humility that comes from a person who is capable, because of hum being human, of doing wrong. This is coming much later in Quran, right? This is every human being. Allah Ta'ala Himself is that ilham. He Himself has you know, inspired that human being with the capacity and ability and power and inclination and temptation both to do virtue and also to do vice. And that is actually what brings about the humility. And this is many times people, they get deluded also. If they do some ibadah, they have some taqwa, they lead a few years of their life free of sin, sometimes they get, they get trapped by this delusion thinking that they're pure and pristine. And then they forget that they're human, they forget their humanity. That no, 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 even if I stayed away from sin for 10 years, I still have the potential to sin. put it first. So it should be clear, it's never going to go away. And then that person who has that, they remain humble. The person who realizes that they remain humble and they keep making dua to Allah, they can make a dua like that. But the people who get deluded and start thinking of themselves as pious. And that's why he says, Don't you dare ever think and declare and deem yourself to be purified. Hmm? This is an aspect of humanity. This is an aspect of humanity. And yes, the angels are also accurately describing themselves, but I'll just go faster, that that's what they are. They're just pure tasbih and pure hamd and pure taqdis. Right? Because they're angelic beings. They don't have the capacity uh, to do wrong and to do sin.
All right. Now, uh, uh, <coughs> uh, yeah, I forgot to talk about the word Khalifa, right? Uh, so Khalifa, you know, here it means, you know, so the fancy English word people normally use is vice regent. Uh, it can also mean, you know, deputy in terms of like for the Khulafa Rashidun, right? They were the successors, deputies, legatees of Sayyidina Rasulullah, his sallallahu alayhi wa So khalf means to be behind, right? So they're the ones who followed uh, the Prophet sallallahu in the imarat, in the leadership, uh, in religious leadership of the ummah of the community, all right? Uh, it's a very strong thing that Allah subhanahu is saying. And so what it means in his humanity is the ultimate representation of the creation and the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is Adam al-Islam as an individual, but he is emblematic of all of humanity, that there will be Khalifatullah fil-ard, right? And in that sense, and me and you and every human being uh, bears that mantle and bears that duty, all right? Uh, Next comes that he's taught the names, right? And this is also a fascinating thing that ulama of Tafsir talk about. What names of what things and what does that mean, right? Now, this is also something that you see now. At this point, definitely, I mean, I lean towards interpretation that Adam al-Islam heard this first sentence as well, right? But like I told you, you cannot definitively say that from Qur'an al-Karim. But the second part is obvious because that... It, in that, that is necessary. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself taught, this is what I'm telling you, Allah ta'ala himself did the tarbiyah and ta'lim of Nabi Adam alayhi salam. Right? I'm going to wrap up soon because I realize I can't, uh, we've been, and I've been excited in anticipation of this. So I could actually talk to you till Fajr, but, you know, then you won't come back tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I I, norm, I will not try to, I, I mean, you know, people have to rest and things, and inshallah, we won't try to speak so long. Uh, it's just the first night. Maybe we're a bit excited. Uh, and so, okay, I started this, I, I will just do this part, and then inshallah, I will stop, all right? Um, so, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches Adam alayhi salam, al-asma'a, the names each and every single one of them, all of them, right? I mean, this is a big question. What names? The names of what, right? Uh, but, so I'll, I'm going to come back to them, but another, kullaha, but all of them. Okay? Then, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, um, tells the angels, فَقَالَ أَنْبِعُونِي بِأَسْمَاءِ هَأُولَيْهِ Allah tells the angels, okay, now you inform me of the names of all of these. Now, is it some things? Because earlier, so I left that. Thumma'ardahum, that Allah Ta'ala placed those things in front of the angels. So it's a suggestion that there's some asma and asha. They're names of some things that were placed in front of the angels. That Allah Ta'ala placed them in front of the angels and said, okay, you angels, you inform me of the names of ha'ulai of these things. In kuntum sadiqin, if indeed you are true. So all the angels immediately replied, Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana. That Subhanak, Allah tells you, you transcend and you are beyond 
anything that of our comprehension. You are absolutely pure and immaculate in every perfection. Glory be to you. La ilma lana. There's absolutely no knowledge whatsoever that can ever be for us. Illa ma allamtana except that which you have taught us. Inna ka antal alim al hakim. Indeed, you, you Allah Subhanahu you are al alim. You are the eternally all knowing al hakim, the eternally all and ever wise. But what it also means, by the way, is that the angels did not know the names. It's very important. The angels didn't. They're not just being humble, and you know, they do not know the names. Qala. Then Allah Taala says, Ya Adam, Oh Adam, alayhi salam, Ambeum, Ambeum. You inform them, be asma'ahim, of all of the names of these things. Falamma ambaahum, and then Adam alayhi salam does that. And then when he, Adam alayhi informed them bi'asma'ihim of all of the names of all those things, qala, alam akullukum inni a'lamu ghayb as-samawati wal-ard. Allah ta'ala addressing the angels again said that did I not say to all of you that indeed I, Allah, I know ghayb as-samawati wal-ard. I know that which is unseen and unascertainable in all of the, you know, heavenly Realms, or you can really you can say the layers and strata of the created realms and the earth. And I know all that you angels you may reveal, and I know all of that which you conceal. And that's also an interesting uh, ishara that the angels conceal. So I'm not going to do the sajda part, I will just talk to you about this much. So now let's think about Adam alayhi salam. This is a huge thing for a human being. That Allah Ta'ala teaches him all the names. Then he tells all the angels his names. So he's like giving a status in this sense of ilm. Greater than all the angels. Then, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. All the angels do sajda. So this is a big test of one's humility. Right? This is a very big thing. Adam Islam is given a huge maqam, a huge daraja, A huge status and stature. By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at this time. So, last thing for tonight then, what are those names? And what are those things? Alright? Uh, you know, and, and there's no definitive answer to this. Uh, there's no, you know, guaranteed answer to this question. Some people, uh, some of the commentators, so Ibn Abbas, uh, from the Sahaba Ikram, Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala an. Uh, was nar- was narrated by Mujahid, uh, who was from the Tabin, who was a student, to say that the names were of proper nouns, proper nouns of things, items, uh, you know, that would exist in human conversation. All right, Mujahid himself felt that it was the name of everything, right? And that's a little bit hard if you take it literally, because obviously only Allah Taala would know all the names of every single thing. But there's a suggestion here, generally speaking, it's, it's, it's a kind of aspect of language, right? Uh, it's, it's a language about things uh, that apparently the angels didn't know. And maybe that's part of the beauty of the angels, that the only language they know is tasbih and hamd and taqdis, and they don't know other uh, you know, items or other words or other aspects of language, all right? Imam al-Tabir ta'ala feels that the names refer to the names of every single human being. And his view is that what was actually presented in the ard 
with all of humanity. So then this is, you know, based off uh, another, uh, you know, Islamic text. As some of you know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, sends his power to strike the back of Nabi Adam salam and from him gushes forth all of the hum human beings will ever live, all of the human progeny, right? And of them, some are spiritually virtuous and some of them have corruption. And so Imam Tabari believes that all of that took place here and then that Adam some simply told the names. Now by names, it doesn't mean the proper name, but the names of, I don't know, their description or their attributes or their character or their kinds of virtue or their kinds of corruption. It's something like that that Imam Tabari is trying to suggest. All right? Uh, Imam Razi feels that Adam Salam was taught all the human languages. In every language that any human descendant of his would ever create, invent, permutate, etc. Uh, Ibn Arabi, Rimalatala, says uh, that by the names here is, you know, he takes it, uh, you know, but it's hard to really accept this from this passage because it's clear that there's some type of things or objects that were material, that are tangible, that were visible, that were presented in front of the angels. Uh, so I don't think Ibn Arabi, to be fair to him, is literally saying that about this verse. I would rather say that Ibn Arabi is going off on a tangent and suggesting, not really based on this verse, but going off on a tangent and suggesting that Allah taught Adam Asma'ullah names of Allah Taala. And I think he says this because he's assuming or presuming that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gifted him the knowledge of material things, tangible things, then surely Allah ta'ala would have given him knowledge of spiritual matters and spiritual names, and that would refer to the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that is what you would call a speculation. Uh, it, it, you know, the reasoning may make sense to some extent, uh, but that's not exactly what's mentioned here in the verse, right? And but we also do know for sure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has more names than that which has been revealed in the Quran and Sunnah. We can say it's possible that some of those additional names may have also been known by some of the Anbiya, but what we do know again for sure is that only Allah Ta'ala knows all of his names. Right? Uh, but what we do get here is sort of a limitation of a certain aspect of the knowledge of the angels, but that's why I made it important to highlight at the beginning that they do seem to know things when they recognized when they when they first saw Adam um, that you know humanity has this ability to spread corruption and to spill blood. So here and tomorrow, inshallah, we'll talk a little bit more about. Well, tomorrow we'll talk a lot more about the story of Adam salam and all the events that take place that lead up to his very very famous. And a very powerful dua and, and a beautiful dua to make in Ramadan. Khair the dua I can go ahead and say it, and all of you would likely know it. Rabbana dalamna anfusana wa illam taqfirlana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al khasirin. And that is a dua along with all the duas from the Quran al Kareem that all of us should try to make more <coughs> in this month of Ramadan. And all I want to do in this series is try to take some of those duas and try to understand them better 
and not just for the understanding, but so that we can feel it better. And so that we, when we, you know, imitate the words, we're actually trying to imitate the feelings of the Anbiya Alayhim And so the more we know about them and their stories and their lives and the dua, and then, then we'll understand, inshallah, how the dua was an expression ultimately of their humanity and their humility. So here we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the right understanding to share with you. Uh, and may Allah protect us from any wrong understanding and ever sharing any of that with any of you. And may Allah give all of us tawfiq to do maximal amal and be people of action and good acts and deeds in the month of Ramadan. Wa akhirun da'wana. Anna alhamdulillahi rabbin ahlameen.